0: Hello, and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real life superheroes. My name is Ace, and I'll be your host. On today's show, we have a man who takes the everyday small business owner and equips them with the tools and strategies needed to take their business to the next level. He has honed his superpower through starting and growing over 20 businesses himself. If running all those companies doesn't keep him busy enough, He is a four-time best-selling author, speaker, and host of one of the most informative and empowering podcasts I've ever heard. Y'all heard of the 10-Minute Abs? Well, this is the 10-Minute Entrepreneur. Let's give a warm superhero welcome to Sean Kastrina. Sean, welcome to the show. Great to be on the podcast. Great to have you, man. For those of you listening, Sean is the founder of The Weekend MBA. He is a serial entrepreneur, best-selling author, and the host of one of the most popular business podcasts on the planet, The 10-Minute Entrepreneur. You can find more information about Sean at his website, seancastrina.com. That's spelled S-E-A-N-C-A-S-T-R-I-N-A.com. Also follow him on Instagram at sean.castrina. That's (laughs) That's
1: longer than my eulogy is going to be. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I want to make sure everybody knows a little bit about you before we jump in. They got it. They, um, they got the whole bio. That's right. Well, I know we have more than 10 minutes to dive into your amazing story, but I know this is going to be a shorter than usual podcast, so I'm just going to jump right into it. All right. No fluff. Okay. Okay. Let's go. All right. How you doing today? I'd be hard to complain. Um, I mean, you know, I got a good gig.
1: I can't <laughs> complain.
0: Yes. Well, it's wonderful to have you on the show. I know we normally have about 50 minutes, so I'm going to just jump into certain things, but I would like to let the audience know just a little bit about your background. When I was doing research on you, it sounds like your origin story essentially comes from a time in your life when you had moved into a house, new baby, new family, and you had no money to pay the rent, and you were literally
1: forced to either make it or fold. Yeah, that uh, would be pretty correct. I, I'd lost my dream job and just had a child. Just actually, had just bought a house, and uh, you know, you got to kind of crap or get off the pot at that point. And I realized then, you know, if you could lose your job as quickly, uh, you know, I, I thought I'd have this job forever. Uh, you know, eventually be CEO. Whatever, you know, where you always have that your dream, your grand plan. I was one class away from a master's degree, so kind of had everything, you know, in my mind played out, and then you know, change in leadership and they bring in their own team and things just don't go the way you had seen them go. And so, you know, you have to make some, you know, some revisions to that plan.
0: So obviously life did not go according to plan. You had mentioned you had about 30 days to pay rent mortgage,
1: or get kicked out. Yeah, I pay mortgage or
0: foreclose. And yeah, I, I had about 30 days to
1: pull everything together.
0: Yeah. So how did that come about? Because I know this is one of the programs that you teach and we'll jump into it here shortly called the 30 day startup system but essentially can you just give us a, yeah. a brief overview of the action steps
1: yeah. that you had to take and I, I it's funny i just did it in the last 30 days what i made a bet with my son cuz he talks about all these you know all this online businesses and all this stuff and just like cryptocurrency and all that other i'll politely call crap my rule of thumb on money is if until Warren Buffett does it, I don't do it. Really simple. Very very, very simple plan. I just run it. Did Warren buy any? No. Okay. We're going to pause on that until it happens. So I told him 30 days ago, I said, I could get a, I could get a company off the ground in 30 days and make money within 30 days. Cause he kept talking about these courses that, you know, they're out there. And I just joked. I'm like, I, I know I can do it. I mean, I bet my life on it. He goes, okay, do it. Okay, I said, all right, I'll do it. And I did it. A service company. And, and um, that, they're the easiest ways to make money. I started an auto detailing company. I did two things at once, which is really important because I don't believe in you lose your job and then you go start a business. I want to be clear. I did two things at once in those 30 days. I quickly looked for a sales job where I could generate money while I started a service company at the time. I started an auto detailing company. It was, geez, almost 30 years ago. It still exists today. I sold it. They actually cleaned my car uh, recently called Waxmaster. Uh, phone number, I still know it by heart, one 889 3824 called we Detail. Uh Tagline, always grab the biggest position in the world, America's choice in mobile detailing. There was, there was a blueprint. I did a 50-50 split with the person who did the cleaning. I made about $35,000 that year passively. I have rinsed and repeated that formula, except that 30,000 is now turned into seven figures personally, but the same concept. I don't have to love the business. I love business. There's the difference. I don't have to love the business I'm going into. The business just needs to be fertile ground, uh, provide a service, provide a need, nice margins. Can I staff it? Can I scale it? You know, I have, there are the criteria that I'm looking for. What we're actually doing, I don't really care. I like the components within business, marketing, attracting customers, brand positioning, staffing it, scaling it, selling it. I like that part of
0: it. That is so in line with Robert Kiyosaki. He always says in his business books that the product is the last thing you should think of, that there's all these other steps in business from you know your legal position to cash flow to communications, marketing, selling, all of that, and that your product is the last thing. He's like, I could pick something out of a hat and put together a successful business for it. And I know sounds like you follow. Same thing. Whether, I could start a service yeah.
1: company by the end of today and have it generate money within 30, 30 days. I have n- no doubt. I mean, I literally would bet my life on it. Um, and then, so then my son's like, well, you got going to do a course for it. And I'm like, no, I said, what I might do is, you know, cause I, I you know, I said, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'd say, I think I'm going to franchise it. I said, I'm just, I think this time I'm going to go for the juggler said I've never done that before it's always kind of been in the back of my mind, but I can do it so easily that what I really need to do with this business is just franchise it and make it a seven figure business within two years now that's a course <laughs> that's a, that's a power position and it's funny that I did that because i I started this thing. I literally started it April for April first is when I had the idea I had it it generated its first money by the third week in April and last Thursday, which I guess was like May the fourth, I was sitting down having lunch for an hour and 40 minutes with a guy that I talked to about potentially partnering with on franchising it. He had franchised a really cool service company. I'm not going to throw the name out there yet, but it's really cool, really good, happens to live in my area. And so we had like an hour and 40 minute lunch. And, and he and I were like on the same page. It was like, we were like throwing out ideas that, like, okay, we could start that and franchise that this year. Like it's, this ain't rockets. Once you know how to move the chess pieces, the game is fairly simple. Exactly.
0: It's It seems like you learn the skill, you learn it very well, rinse and repeat at that point. Um, one thing I want to talk to you about, obviously you have your podcast, the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast. I listened to a few episodes. I love that it's short, it's concise. You get right to the point. Like I said, there's no fluff in it. Um, uh, can you talk a little bit about your
1: podcast and yeah. what listeners hear if when they tune into it, what to expect? My business partner, actually, one of my business partners, we were having lunch and he's like, you know, you do these Seanisms. They say they're like you're very to the point. Like this is the problem. This is what needs to be done. It's a standing meeting, ten minutes, and you know, and and you give what what has to happen. Um, and they're like, he's like, you need to turn it into a podcast. That way, we could listen to it in our car. And we won't have to come to the conference room. And I'm an efficiency guy. I'm like, okay, that's a great idea. I didn't even know what podcasts were really at the time. Um, so he kind of explained it to me. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to just create a 10-minute podcast. And then it was, okay, it would be the 10-minute entrepreneur podcast. And literally, that was 2018. And the rest is history. I mean, as of this morning, it was the number one marketing podcast in the U.S. And it's typically in the top 10 of business podcasts. At least over any 30-day period, it'll drop in there. So the concept, clearly people, you know, like the idea of getting something direct to the point. Everybody has a different style and what they're, you know, what they're willing to listen to. I have no attention span. Like I'm the guy when I read a book, even on Audible, I set it to stop at the end of the chapter. Like I want one chapter because I want to hone in on that one chapter. I don't need to learn three chapters today. If I got one chapter and actually applied it, I'm winning. So that's kind yeah, of how, exactly so that's kind of how it came about. my short attention span and my business partners wanting me to make you know w- what I was working with them more accessible. Well, I believe in this
0: day and age, there's so much information overload, and I love that yours is short, concise. and like you said, if you're on audible, you're going to listen to one chapter. Probably you're going to listen to it a few times over and over again before moving on, making sure that you get what's presented and really absorb it rather than just saying, yeah, I finished, you know, some people are like, yeah, yeah, I I finished 25, 30, 45 books. It was like, well, how many things have you implemented? How many things do you actually remember from those books? That's
1: what I say to everybody. It's I'm always giving away books. I'll typically give a book that I've read and I always show, like I show this to my son and people that I mentor. I open the front cover of the book and I have the book outlined in the front cover. Because it, it should never be more than one page of notes. And I'm like, no, this is the key point of the book. These are the key takeaways that I had. Here's my application of it. It's all written in the front of the book. Yeah, I'm a firm believer. In, you know, listen to five books 10 times. Like find the books that absolutely move the needle. Listen to them. read them over and over. If you can't teach the book, you haven't read it enough. At our level, if you're going to really be a high-level entrepreneur, whatever you're going to be, if you're going to be at the next level. I don't care that you read it. Can you teach it? Yep. Like I can teach Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I know the concept of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I know the concepts of, you know, think and grow rich. You know, I know the concept, seven habits of highly effective people, you know, think, win, win, begin with the end in mind, sharpen the saw. I mean, I've read that book 30 years ago, but I've read it 30 times since then. Y- you know, that, you know, until you can teach the book, don't move on to the next book. I love that. I love that because.
0: Yeah, I, I find myself falling into this this habit from time to time because it it feels great to read a yeah. book. It feels great to finish a book, and then once you do, it's like, oh man, I got to go over this again. I I kind of want to move on to the next again. thing. And um, yeah, as as business owners, as entrepreneurs, sometimes we can get caught into this cycle of just the next thing, the next thing, yeah, the we're next always thing. Checking
1: in- something off our list of being done, or to be able to say that we read the book. I. My formula is like I, I listen to it first on Audible. I listen to five minutes of each chapter. I, I listen to the first chapter, and then five minutes of the each, and then by the end of that quick, within one hour, I've kind of a digested the first view of it. If I like the book, then I'll go back the second time through and the third. If not, uh, the book's done. I'll probably return it. That's what I love about Audible: free returns for the first year. Um, and, and that's it. And that's kind of how I do it. So I'm five minutes, you know, if you can't, if the, if one chat, the intro of the first chapter, and then five minutes of the rest of the chapters don't really make me want this content, then there's no reason, you know, for me to spend five hours to 10 hours in this book. Yeah. I love that strategy because
0: I feel like also at times when somebody gets invested in a book, whether they like it or not, it's like even like a Netflix show, you feel like you're obligated to go through. And it's like, no, like if this isn't going to add value to me with what I really want
1: and need, then so be it. Let go of it. Exactly. I'm on a Netflix show with my wife right now and I'm trying to convey the same thing you're saying. We're like five <laughs> episodes in and I'm ready to pull the plug, but evidently something great's supposed to happen here at some point. I haven't seen it. Yeah, right. Oh my goodness. So speaking of books,
0: you're a four-time best-selling author. You've written on business. Can you just jump into a couple things that your books offer and that yeah. um, what the audience might get from reading your books? Well,
1: they're very to the point. Let's put it that way. Okay. Oh, I'll take that. you yep. through the four because I think each of them are very different and very helpful. Okay. The first book I wrote was the eight unbreakable rules for business startup success. I was on the beach with all my buddies. I do a beach vacation every year where I run a house on the ocean and bring all my buddies from college. We hang out with all our families, been doing it for like 20 years. And I was just sitting there with a legal pad one day in my chair, just trying to figure out what I was doing that was working. Like, cause I had decent success and I'm like, Hey, what, what am I? Like, I'm not a rocket scientist. Like there is nothing special about me. I'm old. Like the old days, I had the 820 SAT scores, 410, 410. I don't know what that is now, but let me just let you in a secret. 820 is not rocket science. Okay. But I was a really good athlete. So it kind of made up for it. So, um, but with that being said, not a rocket science, but I sat down and I was like, what is it that I do, oh, yeah. why my businesses succeed? And, and even if they don't work, I cut strings really fast. I mean, I have an easy way of knowing whether a business isn't going to work. And so I kind of wrote them down, you know, eight unbreakable rules. Just a couple quick things. in it was, you know, you start with a very detailed strategy of where you want to go. Your ability to staff is so critical build a brand forget marketing build a brand if you build a brand the marketing will kind of follow you can market without building a brand and you screwed it up you need to build the brand and then the marketing kind of you know goes with it and, and you know and then I'm like know your numbers I'm a savant with numbers man I can tell you I get a spreadsheet every single day at the end of every day on all my companies what came in what it, I can look at it in 3 minutes scan it And I can start seeing problems quickly. Oh, it's kind of, I'll look at a a column and I like, okay, I need to really look at this over the next few days. And I can see trends that are not good. And so know your numbers. Uh, You know, I, I, I'm really big on partnering, you know, the type of team, you know, so just a few things. So that was my first book and it did real well. And then this, I'm like, listen to Patrick Lancioni and all these great bil- ability, you know, the Andy Andrews that write these great fiction books. So I'm like, oh, sure. I can write a fiction. book. So then I wrote The Greatest Entrepreneur in the World, which was basically taking the eight unbreakable rules and creating it into a story form. And that, gotcha. that did really well as well. And so I wrote that. And then I, my son wanted to start a business. So I said, I started ordering all these business plan books on Amazon. And I ended up ordering like the entire first page, stacked them up and I'm going through them and one was worse than the next. They're like 400 pages or three, they're written by a professor who I know has started a business since the sixties. Um, and, and they're talking about like these financial projections. That's a wish. I have never, ever started any business where my financial projection was anything close to what I thought it would be good or bad. Yep. It either That's exceeded right. my expectations or did squat. So I was I just kept looking at these, and they were horrible. So I you know, sat down and started putting together what I think a business plan should be, realistic. like if I what I use to start a business fairly quick and 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 so I wrote what's called the world's greatest business plan. I like big brat, you know, big bold positions, you know, America's choice in mobile detailing, the world's greatest entrepreneur, Ah, hey, the world's greatest business plan. and so i I, I wrote that. and um I, I thought that. Of all my books, I really think that's like so helpful. It's so, so good. Like one point in it, just not to beat a point, but when you hear this, you'll realize how good it is actually. Like, how do you build a brand? Like a new business are like, how would you build a brand? We can make that really complicated. I'm going to make it the easiest explanation you've ever heard in under a minute. What, what, guarantee it, guarantee this would be the best one minute you ever got in a podcast. What is the one promise that if you could make and deliver on that your competition is not, that if your target customer heard it, they would chase you down for your business. Now, let me reverse engineer that. FedEx. What if I could get you a package overnight anywhere in the world? Guess what? That's a value proposition that UPS did not have, that the U.S. Post Office did not have. Second, Domino's Pizza. What if I can get you a pizza, a hot pizza, exactly, in under 30 minutes or less? It absolutely put out all the, little, all the little pizza guy. At the time, everybody had a little pizza delivery business. They blew it away. Zappos. We'll give you 365 day delivery. Nordstrom, I don't care. Bring it back 30 years from now, we'll take it back. I mean, I can go keep going all the way down the line of the Great Southwest. You, it's the cheapest flight you'll ever pay. You know, you got to bring your own wings, but it works. But you, you get the idea. You, you if you, who's your target customer? What is the one thing that you can offer that if they heard about it and believed you could provide it, they would literally chase you down for your business. Then you build your brand around that. That's it. There you go. There you go. So that's like one of my great secrets that I, that I share. Um, and then my last book was developing the entrepreneur within, which is 365 days of just lessons. Like I've been doing this for 30 years. So about 10 years ago, I started writing down like one page lessons, like what I wish I would have known. I always say failure is best heard through a secondhand story, not firsthand. So, you know, how would I do things? You know, how do I make decisions, blah, 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 365 days. And so that was my fourth book. I
0: appreciate you sharing that. It seems like there's quite a variety within your books as well, but all of them bringing, you know, both story and strategy and just a lifetime of, of knowledge, success, failure. And man, I'm, I appreciate you sharing that, that those books sound absolutely amazing. Um, Real quick, superhero questions.
1: Do you have a superhero name? And if you don't, what would it be? My my wife has a name that. But let me. I'm trying to think. <laughs> it's cute. Oh, it's actually really cute and funny. No, I don't, man. I just get shit done. Seriously, I, I'm not. I have a very clean mouth. Never curse. But my business partners will say one thing about Sean: is he just gets shit done. He will get it done faster than you thought and better than you thought. So my motto in my head, like if I'm a superhero, my superheroes, I just get shit done. You know, don't talk about what you're going to do. Don't tell me what you're going to do. I will get it done. Like you can bet your life on it. I love the results
0: oriented approach in my experience in business. If you're in long enough ups, downs, at some point you just get tired of the story. You get tired of the excuses. It's like, no, show me results. I don't care how it. We get there. Obviously, there's yeah. morals and, yeah. and yeah. values and, I, and, and I all of that. that. But but at the same time, in business, business does not care. Your competition, your competitors, capitalism does not care unless you get results. So I love that uh, that you do have the uh, the nickname, Sean, get shit done. Exactly. So, yeah, that is definitely my
1: nickname with anybody who's worked with me.
0: Well, I, I think this one will be an easy question for
1: you. But what are some of your superpowers? partnering, I can identify talent really well. I have just a really innate ability. I mean, it, it could be a UPS driver and I just have a two minute conversation with that. I could see where they would fit in a company that I have. Um, you know, they did something extra. It was raining down. They brought my stuff in, w- whatever it is. So my ability to identify talent is, is, I believe it at a, at a world-class level. Um, I'm very resilient, just, you know, being an athlete, and, and I think you got to be resilient to be an op- entrepreneur. I mean, it, it's a, t- you know, it's a tough gig. Nine out of 10 fail in a decade. One out of two fail in two to five years, depending what study you read. So resilience, the ability to be resilient, and then the ability to let go of crap that doesn't work. We tend to do that. There, there's a balance between resilient and stupidity. Like if the data shows me something is not working anymore, I will cut bait. Like I can get over it. I always say failure. And this is another one of them, like developing the entrepreneur one day stories. You know, failure is never failure. All failure is, is data that didn't work. It's really, you get a definitive, okay, I did A, the result was not what I wanted. The result was B. So you you were, if I do this, this is typically going to be the result. It's nothing but data and, and, and failures. Typically it's, it's emotionally painful and financially painful but it always gives you data that if you're going to be in this gig for a long time, you'll make your money back. Just hone the thing for everything it's worth. Get over it. What didn't work? What should I have done in hindsight? What would I do in hindsight? Don't beat yourself up. Mind the thing for all the data in the world. And then get on to the next thing. Yep. Mark Cuban
0: said early in his career, the one or the two things he wished he did better was, Fire faster, so not hang on yeah. to employees that are just dead weight. Fire faster and promote faster as well. So I think that really goes into what you were saying as far as get shit done, make yeah. decisions. It's yeah. business, it's not yeah. personal, so. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, who who are some of your superheroes? I mean, people that I think that that kind of, I, I think are, uh, you know, there's businesses that, I, that blow me away. So let me just kind of put in perspective of, like, The FedEx concept blows me away. It it just does. You know, he gets this idea and it's a C plus. I think it was a C plus on his master's on on his, uh, uh, you know, to get his MBA. Um, I'm going to deliver a package or an envelope anywhere in the world. How audacious is that? Like, I don't, I couldn't get you an envelope across town in a day regularly. And you're going to go, I'm going to do it everywhere in the world. So th- something like that, like blows, me, you know, like the scaling of that blows me. Amazon, the way that was done, like the way Jeff, did, you know, he, you know, he, okay, we're going to start with books. Why? Because he's so stinking smart. Well, books have the number one more product codes than any single product in the world. There are more books than any single item. So if you can figure out books, guess what? You just got the king. You got the key to the castle. He just did one before the other instead of getting it all. He just got the one that was the hardest first, knowing once I get this domino, all the other dominoes come after. Brilliant. Like that just the brilliance there, you know, so there's entrepreneurs I'm just in awe of that are so, you know, the the longevity of a Warren Buffett. Right. You know, and to be, and the other thing is to be, this kind of blows me away too, is the, all these brilliant people. And yet they, they typically partner in business like Warren Buffett's partners, Charlie Munger. Hey, you're brilliant, but you also partner. Um, you look at uh, Bill Gates, partner. Steve Jobs, partnered. I mean, you know, the EM squared of entrepreneurship is partnership. That's a freebie on the podcast I just gave you. Um, so, yeah, so I, I'm fascinated by these founders that did things that are so beyond like my ability. Like, you know, like Elon Musk, just watch him do an interview. It's almost like his brain and his vocal cords are trying to catch up with each other. Have you ever watched him talk. He's so brilliant. His brain is just like going like a bazillion miles a minute, you know, and, Oh, in my spare time, let's see if we can put somebody on the moon and bring them back. Right. You <laughs> know, like it's, it blows me away. It's some, you know, the, the level of thinking that, that some people have and the ability to ex- you know, and, and he has the ability to execute on it, which hey. is, you know, it just blows me away. Yeah. All, all of those people you just mentioned are just, yeah.
0: So brilliant. So amazing. And they are changing the face of of the planet and where we are going into the future. So I know we're coming up close to it and you've given so many wonderful things to the audience, uh, nuggets of wisdom. But if there is one takeaway from this conversation that you want to leave with the audience, what would it be?
1: Okay. Uh, Your ability to set goals, I think is what is the biggest difference maker from achievers, to high achievers, to really high achievers. If I, if I, Like if my grandkids were sitting in front of me, I, I would literally say, wake up every morning, write what you're grateful for, then write what you want your life to look like. Blueprint it, write it down. You know, my life is this. Make the most ridiculous request. Like if you knew you could get it, write a paragraph on what your life would look like. And at the end of it, write three goals and then take start take an action on them. Like there's kind of my foolproof. You know, I think we try to make it more complicated than it is. You know, you got to set a target, right? You're going to set one. You might as well set a big one. Well, the only way to reach anything is start moving towards it. So it's not like I'm like giving rocket science here, but too many people just don't, they don't know what, like I would say if a genie came up to you in New York City, you're walking in New York City on vacation and a genie came up to you and said, I'll give you anything you want today. Don't give me, I just want to be rich, because that's a cop-out, because there's a lot of levels of rich. I can make you rich in some countries, and you ain't going to be rich when you come back to the United States. So rich isn't good enough, and, and most people that win the lottery end up bankrupt. So rich isn't good enough. What would the answer to that question be? You got to be able to articulate it so good that you know what it is you're going after. You could voice it, you know, I know what mine is. Like You know what I mean? Boom. So, you know, I think you have to be able to articulate what it is you want. And so I encourage people to write it down every day. That's right. And you're not going to be perfect at first, but if you do it daily, you're going to get better and better and
0: better. And with that clarity comes confidence. And whatever we focus on puts energy to, and we are going to make it happen, move mountains for it. And that's a, yeah, that's a a think and grow rich thing for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Sean, I really appreciate you having having you on the show. For those of you who are listening, Sean is the founder of The Weekend MBA. He's a serial entrepreneur, best-selling author, and he is the host of one of the most popular business podcasts on the planet. Check it out, the 10-Minute Entrepreneur Podcast. Also go to his website, seancastrina.com. You can follow him on LinkedIn at seancastrina or on Instagram at sean.castrina. Well, I really appreciate having you on. I know it was a quick in and out, but that's how you like it. And three there was no fluff. in my
1: podcast. Three times longer than mine.
0: So I feel like I just did three. That's right. That's right. Well, we'll break this into 10 minute segments so that the audience does get three minutes or three podcasts of yours. But I appreciate you having you on just like we had promised at the beginning. There was no fluff and you, did, you delivered 100%. So
1: thank you once again for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on the podcast.
0: Awesome. Well, for those of you who are listening, Superhero by Design podcast, thank you for spending your time with me. I really appreciate it. Check out my website, SuperheroByDesign.com. Also, my book, Superhero by Design. So, once again, so happy to have you. And remember, with great power, there must also come great responsibility. And like that, he's gone. Ace out.